Section 8 of Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John B. Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1, by Thomas Stevens. Chapter 4, Part 8, From the Great Plains to the Atlantic. At Laporte, the roads improve for some distance, but once again, a benighted and sleep under a wheatshock traversing several miles of corduroy road through huckleberry swamps next morning i reach cram's point for breakfast a remnant of some indian tribe still lingers around here and gathers huckleberries for the market two squaws being in the village purchasing supplies for their camp in the swamps what's the name of these indians here i ask one of em's blinky and t'other's seven up is the reply in a voice that implies such profound knowledge of the subject that i forbear to investigate further splendid gravel roads lead from crumbs point to south bend and on through mishawaka alternating with sandy stretches to goshen which town is said by the goshenites to be the prettiest in indiana but there seems to be considerable pride of locality in the great hoosier state and i venture there are scores of prettiest towns in indiana nevertheless goshen is certainly a very handsome place with unusually broad well-shaded streets the centre of a magnificent farming country it's romantically situated on the banks of the beautiful elkhart river at wawaka i find a corpulent three hundred pound cycler who being afraid to trust his jumbolian proportions on an ordinary machine has had an extra stout bone shaker made to order and goes out on short runs with a couple of neighbor wheelmen being about fifty per cent less bulky ride regulation wheels jumbo goes all right when mounted but being unable to mount without aid he seldom ventures abroad by himself for fear of having to foot it back ninety-five degrees in the shade characterizes the weather these days and i generally make a few miles in the gloaming not of course because it's cooler but because the gloaming is so delightfully romantic at ten o'clock in the morning july seventeenth i bowl across the boundary line into ohio following the merchants and bankers telegraph road to napoleon i pass through a district where the rain has overlooked them for two months the rear wheel of the cycle is half buried in hot dust the blackberries are dead on the bushes and the long-suffering corn looks as though afflicted with the yellow jaundice I sup this same evening with a family of Germans who've been settled here for forty years and scarcely know a word of English yet. A fat, phlegmatic-looking baby is peacefully reposing in a cradle, which is simply half a monster pumpkin scooped out and dried. It is the most intensely rustic cradle in the world. Surely this youngster's head ought to be level on agricultural affairs when he grows up, if anybody's ought from napoleon my route leads up the maumee river and canal first trying the towpath of the latter and then relinquishing it for the very fair wagon road the maumee river winding through its splendid rich valley seems to possess a peculiar beauty all its own and my mind unbidden mentally compares it with our old friend the humboldt the latter stream traverses dreary plains where almost nothing but sagebrush grows the Maumee waters a smiling valley where orchards, fields, and meadows alternate with sugar maple groves, and in its fair bosom reflects beautiful landscape views that are changed and rebeautified by the master hand of the sun every hour of the day. 
and doubly embellished at night by the moon it is whispered that during the late unpleasantness the ohio regiments could outyell the louisiana tigers or any other confederate troops two to one who has not heard the ohio yell most people are magnanimously inclined to regard this rumor as simply a gag on the buckeye boys but it isn't the ohioans are to the manner born the buckeye yell is a tangible fact all along the maumee it resounds in my ears nearly every man or boy who from the fields far and near sees me bowling along the road straightway delivers himself of a yell pure and simple at perrysburg i strike the famous maumee pike forty miles of stone road almost a dead level the western half is kept in rather poor repair these days but from fremont eastward it is splendid wheeling the atmosphere of bellevue is blue with politics and myself and another innocent unsuspecting individual hailing from new york are enticed into a political meeting by a wily politician and dexterously made to pose before the assembled company as two gentlemen who have come one from the atlantic the other from the pacific to witness the overwhelming success of the only honest horny-handed double-breasted patriots the party the roads are found rather sandy east of the pike and the road full of wagons going to the circus which exhibits today at norwalk causes considerable annoyance erie county through which i am now passing is one of the finest fruit countries in the world and many of the farmers keep open orchard staying at ridgeville overnight i roll into cleveland and into the outstretched arms of a policeman at ten o'clock next morning he was violating the city ordinance by riding on the sidewalk the arresting policeman informs the captain ah he was hey thunders the captain in a hoarse bass voice that causes my knees to knock together with fear and trembling and the captain's eye seems to look clear through my trembling form please sir i didn't try to do it i falter in a weak gasping voice that brings tears to the eyes of the assembled officers and melts the captain's heart so that he's already wavering between justice and mercy when a local wheelman comes gallantly to the rescue and explains my natural ignorance of cleveland city laws and i breathe the joyous air of freedom once again three members of the cleveland bicycle club and a visiting wheelman accompany me ten miles out riding down far-famed euclid avenue and calling at lakeview cemetery to pay a visit to garfield's tomb i bid them farewell at euclid village following the ridge road leading along the shore of lake erie to buffalo i ride through a most beautiful farming country passing through willoughby and mentor garfield's old home splendidly kept roads pass between the avenues of stately maples that cast a grateful shade athwart the highway both sides of which are lined with magnificent farms whose fields and meadows fairly groan beneath their wealth of produce whose fructiferous orchards are marvels of productiveness and whose barns and stables would be veritable palaces to the sod-housed homesteaders on nebraska's frontier prairies prominent among them stands the old garfield homestead a fine farm of one hundred and sixty-five acres at present managed by mrs garfield's brother 
smiling villages nestling amid stately groves rearing white church spires from out their green bowery surroundings dot the low broad fertile shoreland to the left the gleaming waters of lake erie here and there glisten like burnished steel through the distant interspaces and away beyond stretches northward like a vast mirror to kiss the blue canadian skies near conneaut i whirl the dust of the buckeye state from my tire and cross over into pennsylvania where from the little hamlet of springfield the roads become good then better and finally best at girard the home of the veteran showman dan rice the beautifying works of whose generous hand are everywhere visible in his native town splendid is the road and delightful the country coming east from girard even the red brick schoolhouses are embowered amid leafy groves and so it continues with ever varying ever pleasing beauty to erie after which the highway becomes hardly so good twenty-four hours after entering pennsylvania i make my exit across the boundary into the empire state the roads continue good and after dinner i reach westfield six miles from the famous lake chautauqua which beautiful hill and forest embowered sheet of water is popularly believed by many of its numerous local admirers to be the highest navigable lake in the world if so however lake tahoe in the sierra nevada mountains comes next as it is about six thousand feet above the level of the sea and has three steamers plying on its waters at fredonia i am shown through the celebrated watch movement factory here by the captain of the fredonia club who accompanies me to silver creek where we call on another enthusiastic wheelman a physician who uses the wheel in preference to a horse in making professional calls throughout the surrounding country taking supper with the genial doc they both accompany me to the summit of a steep hill leading up out of the creek bottom no wheelman has ever yet rode up this hill save the muscular and gritty captain of the fredonia club though several have attempted the feat from the top my road ahead is plainly visible for miles leading through the broad and smiling catargus valley that is spread out like a vast garden below through which catargus creek slowly winds its tortuous way stopping overnight at angola i proceed to buffalo next morning catching the first glimpse of that important seaport of the lakes where fifteen miles across the bay the wagon road is almost licked by the swashing waves and entering the city over a misfit plank road off which i almost upset by the most audaciously indifferent woman in the world a market woman homeward bound with her empty truck wagon recognizes my road rights to the extent of barely room to squeeze past between her wagon and the ditch and holds her long stiff buggy whip so that it swipes me viciously across the face knocks my helmet off into the mud ditch and well nigh upsets me into the same the woman a crimson crested blonde jogs serenely along without even deigning to turn her head leaving the bicycle at isham's who volunteers some slight repairs i take a flying visit by rail to see niagara falls returning the same evening to enjoy the proffered hospitality of a genial member of the buffalo bicycle club 
seated on the piazza of his residence on delaware avenue this evening the symphonious voice of the club whistle is cast adrift whenever the glowing orb of a cycle lamp heaves in sight through the darkness and several members of the club are thus rounded up and their hearts captured by the witchery of a smile a smile in buffalo i hasten to explain is no kin whatever to a rocky mountain smile far be it from it the club whistle of the buffalo bicycle club happens to sing the same melodious song as the police whistle at washington d c and the buffalo cyclers who graced the national league meet at the capitol with their presence took a folio of club music along a small but frolicsome party of them on top of the washington monument heaved a sigh from their whistles at a comrade passing along the street below when a corpulent policeman naturally mistaking it for a signal from a brother cop hastened to climb the five hundred feet or thereabouts of ascent up the monument when he arrived puffing and perspiring to the summit and discovered his mistake the wheelmen say he made such awful use of the queen's english that the atmosphere had a blue sulphurous tinge about it for some time after leaving buffalo next morning i passed through batavia where the wheelmen have a most aesthetic little clubroom besides being jovial and well-souled fellows they are awfully aesthetic and the sweetest little japanese curios and bric-a-brac decorate the walls and tables stopping overnight at laboy in company with the president and captain of the laboy club i visit the state fish hatchery at mumford next morning and ride on through the genesee valley finding fair roads through the valley though somewhat hilly and stony toward canandaigua inquiring the best road to geneva i am advised of the superiority of the one leading past the poorhouse finding them somewhat intricate and being too supersensitive to stop people and ask them the road to the poorhouse i deservedly get lost and am wandering erratically eastward through the darkness when i fortunately meet a wheelman in a buggy who directs me to his mother's farmhouse nearby with instructions to that most excellent woman to accommodate me for the night nine o'clock next morning i reach fair geneva so beautifully situated on seneca's silvery lake passing state agricultural farm en route continuing on up the seneca river passing through waterloo and seneca falls to cayuga and from thence to auburn and scaniatolis where i heave a sigh at the thoughts of leaving the last i cannot say the loveliest for all are equally lovely of that beautiful chain of lakes that transforms this part of new york state into a vast and delightful summer resort down a romantic swiss glen where scores of sylvan nooks and rippling rills invite one to cast about for fairies and sprites is the word descriptive of my route from marcellus next morning once again on nearing the camillus outlet from the narrow vale i hear the sound of sunday bells and after the church bell less western wiles it seems to me that their notes have visited me amid beautiful scenes strangely often of late arriving at camillus i ask the name of the sparkling little stream that dances along this fairy glen like a child at play absorbing the sun rays and coquettishly reflecting them in the faces of the venerable oaks 
that bend over it like loving guardians protecting it from evil my ears are prepared to hear a musical indian name laughing waters at least but like a week's washing ruthlessly intruding upon love's young dream falls on my waiting ears the unpoetic misnomer nine mile creek over good roads to syracuse and from thence my route leads down the erie canal alternately riding down the canal towpath the wagon roads and between the tracks of the new york central railway on the former the greatest drawback to peaceful cycling is the towing mule and his unwarrantable animosity toward the bicycle and the awful unmentionable profanity engendered thereby in the utterances of the boatmen sometimes the burden of this sulphurous profanity is aimed at me sometimes at the inoffensive bicycle or both of us collectively but oftener is it directed at the unspeakable mule who is really the only party to blame a mule scares not because he's really afraid but because he feels skittishly inclined to turn back and to make trouble between his enemies the boatman his taskmaster and the cycler an intruder on his exclusive domain the eerie towpath a span of mules will pretend to scare whirl around and jerk loose from the driver and go scooting back down the towpath in a manner indicating that nothing less than a stone wall would stop them but exactly in the nick of time to prevent the tow-line jerking them sideways into the canal they stop trust a mule for never losing his head when he runs away as does his hot-headed relative the horse who never once allows surrounding circumstances to occupy his thoughts to an extent detrimental to his own self-preservative interests the erie canal mule's first mission in life is to engender profanity and strife between boatmen and cyclists and the second is to work and chew hay which brings him out about even with the world around at rome i entered the famous and beautiful mohawk valley a place long looked forward to with much pleasurable anticipation from having heard so often of its natural beauties and its interesting historical associations it's the garden spot of the world and travellers who've been all over europe and everywhere say there's nothing in the world to equal the quiet landscape beauty of the mohawk valley enthusiastically remarks an old gentleman in spectacles whom i chanced to encounter on the heights east of herkimer of the first assertion i have nothing to say having passed through a dozen garden spots of the world on this tour across america but there is no gainsaying the fact that the mohawk valley as viewed from this vantage spot is wonderfully beautiful i think it must have been on this spot that the poet received inspiration to compose the beautiful song that is sung alike in the quiet homes of the valley itself and in the trappers and hunters tents on the far-off yellowstone fair is the vale where the mohawk gently glides on its clear shining way to the sea the valley is one of the natural gateways of commerce for at little falls where it contracts to a mere pass between the hills one can almost throw a stone across six railway tracks the erie canal and the mohawk river spending an hour looking over the magnificent capitol building at albany i cross the hudson and proceed to ride eastward between the two tracks of the boston and albany railroad 
finding the riding very fair from the elevated roadbed i cast a longing lingering look down the hudson valley that stretches away southward like a heaven-born dream and sigh at the impossibility of going two ways at once there's a fifty-dollar fine for riding a bicycle along the b and a railroad i am informed at albany but risk it to shodak where i make inquiries of the section foreman no nah, there's no fine but as ye's a run over and get killed it'll be useless for ye's to enter suit again the company for damages is the reassuring reply and the unpleasant visions of bankrupting fines dissolve in a smile at the characteristic milesian explanation crossing the massachusetts boundary at the village of state line i find the roads excellent and thinking that the highways of the old bay state will be good enough anywhere i grow careless about the minute directions given me by albany wheelmen and ere long am laboriously toiling over the heavy roads and steep grades of the berkshire hills endeavouring to get what consolation i can in return for unridable roads out of the charming scenery and the many interesting features of the berkshire hill country it is at otis in the midst of these hills that i first become acquainted with the peculiar new england dialect in its native home the widely heralded intellectual superiority of the massachusetts fair ones asserts itself even in the wildest parts of these wild hills for at small farms that in most states would be characterized by barefooted brown-faced housewives i encounter spectacled ladies whose fair faces reflect the encyclopedia of knowledge within and whose wise looks naturally fill me with awe at westfield i learned that carl cron the author and publisher of the american road book ten thousand miles on a bicycle not to be outdone by my exploit of floating the bicycle across the humboldt undertook the perilous feat of swimming the potomac with his bicycle suspended at his waist and had to be fished up from the bottom with a boat-hook since then however i have seen the gentleman himself who assures me that the whole story is a canard over good roads to springfield and through to palmer from thence riding the whole distance to worcester between the tracks of the railway in preference to the variable country roads on to boston next morning now only forty miles away i pass venerable weather-worn milestones set up in colonial days when the great west now trailed across with rubber hoof-marks of the popular steed of to-day was a pathless wilderness and on the maps a blank striking the famous sand-papered roads at framingham which by the by ought to be pumice-stoned a little to make them as good for cycling as stretches of gravelled roads near springfield sandwich and plano illinois laporte and south bend indiana mentor and willoughby ohio gerard pennsylvania several places on the ridge road between erie and buffalo and the alkali flats of the rocky mountain territories soon the blue intellectual haze hovering over the hub heaves in sight and at two o'clock in the afternoon of august the fourth i roll into boston and whisper to the wild waves of the sounding atlantic what the sad sea waves of the pacific were saying when i left there just one hundred and three and a half days ago having wheeled about thirty-seven hundred miles 
to deliver the message passing the winter of eighteen eighty four eighty five in new york i became acquainted with the outing magazine contributed to it sketches of my tour across america and in the spring of eighteen eighty five continued around the world as its special correspondent embarking april the ninth from new york for liverpool aboard the city of chicago end of section